Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. For those of you who don't know me, I'm your host, Sheridan Decker. And today I have the privilege of speaking to Melina Gilbert, a health and wellness coach. So she's on a mission, which I love, to empower women to make healthy lifestyle choices, create healthy habits, overcome emotional eating, amen, and hit their health goals without diets and fads. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Sheridan, thank you so much for being, uh, for having me. I am really excited about being here with you today. I just love connecting in the same space with people. You go, oh, that's what you're passionate about. That's what I'm passionate about. And then you get all these women together and we're all just like, can we empower? Can we educate? Can we make change? Like, this is so, so important. I, I just love it. Yeah, I'm with you. That's why we're here today, hey? Yes, exactly. So for those of you who don't know, you don't know how you got to where you are, don't know who you are, what you do. Can you trek us through a little bit of, you know, Melina Gilbert and who she is and why she's so important? Oh, thanks, love. Yeah, totally. Would love to. Yeah. So, I mean, like my journey is one that probably, you know, many might find themselves in, in different parts as well. Um, so for a long time, I thought I was eating healthy. Um, in re- You know, really, I wasn't actually eating healthy, but it was my definition of health. Um, and so over the time, over the years, I, I guess when it started when I was 17, I got um, glandular fever and it reoccurred two years later um, and pretty much that set the process of continual sickness in my life so for 13 years I struggled with reoccurring infections infections same. I mean what was that sorry same exactly the same glandular fever ruined my life <laughs> seriously <laughs> you know what I'm talking about then um, and you know I struggled with real chronic fatigue and exhaustion for so long there was a time when I, I think I was 27. I had to take um, six months straight off work. I could only crawl to the toilet. Um, I didn't leave my house for nine days at a time. I was, I was miserable. I was sick as a dog. Like I just was so sick. And it was in that time that I, oh my goodness, thank you, God, found a holistic doctor that really um, encouraged me to um, cut out a lot of junk from my, from my diet and begun to heal my body. And that was the real turning point for me in terms of my health and wellness journey. And through that journey, I became super aware of my body and what I was putting into it. And I started to discover what made my body feel good and what made me feel like rubbish. And so it was during that time as well that I, mean, I guess something that really, I guess, set off my six months of you know having to live on the couch and not leaving my house was this struggle that so many women face and that is emotional eating now in retrospect I had no idea that that's actually what I was doing Um, but I found myself because of the stress and the pressure of life drinking two to three glasses of wine every night Mm -hmm. sitting on the couch after dinner binging Netflix while eating half a block to a block of Cadbury's chocolate 
And it's because I simply was not coping with the stress and the pressure of life. I was really struggling and I ate my feelings. And I realized looking back now that that was a continual um, pattern in my life that had been since I was a child. I remember my mom making these delicious um, oh, they were so good. Um, these delicious butterfly cupcakes, like, whereas like vanilla cupcakes with like, you know, she d- digs out the middle and puts the, this beautiful sugar cream in it and then like cuts the part she dug out and sticks like the little wings in. And oh my gosh, I used to actually take them from the freezer, hide my eating. So I would put it in my dressing gown go down to my bedroom, shut the door and then shut the wall, open the wardrobe wardrobe door to interlock with my bedroom door. So if someone was to come in, they couldn't see me eating these cupcakes. Now I devoured two, sometimes three frozen cupcakes and frozen cream was amazing to me. And I had no idea that simple things such as that was actually setting up unhealthy eating habits um, for my future. To the point where when I was 26 and engaging in stress eating, emotional eating without realizing I was actually doing it, which, you know, you can see the pattern now, but like I had no idea. And it was that time that really set me into that chronic sickness of living on a couch for six months. So I think through all that, I have completely done a 180 I don't know if you can call it a 360 because I'm not going in the same direction but I have completely transformed my life I live and breathe health and wellness now I've completely healed my body I thrive I am able to finally go on bike rides and long walks and walks up the mountain and I love eating healthy and I don't have this food struggles that I had in the past of being on this diet, restricting food because I'm scared of getting fat or any of that. I now engage with food in such a healthy way because I've healed my relationship with food and I've healed my relationship with myself. And it's because of my journey. I'm so, so, so passionate about helping other women discover that freedom in themselves. What was was the turning point for you or what helped you heal in a sense? Like you talk about going through this healing. Was it just recognition? Was it like you said, seeing that professional or that um, holistic coach and she was like, look, something needs to change. Was it gut issues? What was like shivers? This is my turning point in a sense. Look, it was seeing the integrative doctor. I can never yeah. say that word in, in <laughs> I know. I, I know. <laughs> um, that it was seeing that doctor. She was phenomenal. And yeah. although I had to remove a bunch of food in order to heal my body, she was the beginning of a life transformation for me. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were going through those eating um, or disordered eating patterns, in a sense, did you have gut issues? Did you have period issues? Did you have skin issues and stuff as well? Is it just the fatigue or? I had majorly leaky gut. So leaky gut was, you know, setting off a huge, and this is my doctor saying, this is the doctor that I saw. Leaky gut was setting off a major ripple effect of symptoms and issues in my body. Um, And that was the, the biggest, I guess, thing that was happening in my body. And it was, you know, it took about, I was on that diet strict for 15 months. Um, And it was in that time that, my gut healed itself and I was able to start introducing new food slowly 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then you went through that process, you healed your body and those kind of things. And then you went, I need to help more women or what do you do today to sort of, you know, you're obviously so passionate about what you do, which is amazing. So how did that sort of then lead into you going, I need to help more people. This is the platform I'm going to do it from. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have a background in counseling, so I've been working with people for 17 years. Um, I've always known I'm called to help people. I just love helping and serving people. And I've always known since I was 20 that I'm called to serve women. Um, And so with my counseling background, working one-on-one with people for 17 years, um, during COVID, I, (laughs) being from Melbourne, the most lockdown city in the world, I put myself to use and got trained as a professional life coach, certified wellness coach, and added to my 17 years of counselling these incredible tools um, to help me work with women that are battling with the food struggles that we see so common today. So why do you think we are battling with these these struggles? Like, you know, you talk about sort of going through your journey and the struggles you had and how you set yourself up almost from a sense of quite an early age to have these unhealthy eating habits is it our childhood is it social media is it what do you personally think what do you find that's driving a lot of these um yeah concerns in women look it really i mean there's an exercise that i do with my clients called mapping your food story and i believe through all my experience with working with clients that our healthy eating habits or unhealthy eating habits are established early in childhood Mm. so sometimes it can be even as toddlers Um, you know, for example, a little example is, you know, we may not have predictable eating times. And so throughout that, like I'm working with a client at the moment that at the age of 12, her mom stopped um, making her breakfast. And so she thought, oh, if my mom's not going to make me breakfast, then I don't need to eat breakfast. And for the last 18 years, she's been struggling trying to eat breakfast. And now thankfully we've cracked that and I've helped her to establish that beautiful rhythm of eating breakfast every morning before her morning coffee um, back in her life. But so often our eating habits are connected to our family environment, how our parents perceived um, food, how our mom engaged with food, how our mom engaged with her body image and the types of food that she would eat. Um, All these things are translatable to us. And then when you get to become a tween, you know, 10, 11, 12, you're more aware of your body image. And that's where you reach for the Dolly magazine or the Girlfriend magazine. That's what it was for us, for me. I don't know what they have now. I'll find out that with my daughter when she's at that age. Um, But it's like then that, you know, whatever we had as a child is compounded by the societal expectations. And when it comes down to emotional eating, this so common happens when we come out of our toddler years into our preschool years. You know, as children, as toddlers, we, we chuck tantrums. We, we actually know what it is to engage with our emotions. And we're not ashamed of feeling our emotions and releasing our emotions. Um, and that happens through screaming and through crying, through kicking, through yelling, through throwing, like I've got a two-year-old daughter. It's all, it's all there. Um, and then as we get older, we're told that emotions aren't right, that emotions are too much, that as women, we you know, can't show our emotions, that we get labelled as too emotional or irrational because we have emotions by men unintentionally in the workplace. 
And so over time, we realize that showing our emotions isn't safe. And I don't know about you or any of your listeners, but for me, working in a male predominant environment for many of my years, I realized that I had to shut down my emotions um, in order to be in that environment because I had to be like a man. And in doing so, I actually silenced my voice. I actually neglected myself and who I am because emotions are a part of who I am. And so when we avoid them, we suppress them, we ignore them, we're actually denying ourselves a voice. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then that would tie into the whole emotional eating aspect then, I guess, and how that drives that. And what, I don't know, can you talk through the emotional eating and why you think women fall into that? Is that because we're suppressing our emotions in other areas and how, you know, how does that sort of feedback loop work? Does it give the instant gratification or does it, you know, like what's what's the driver behind that, do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, there's three um, three areas of um, our emotional world. We can either, one, be in a really healthy place with our emotions, where we identify our emotions, we acknowledge our emotions, and we, in a really healthy way, process our emotions. Number two is where we either avoid, suppress, deny, or neglect our emotions. And we pretty much live numb to life. We We might have a little inkling something's going on in us we might feel something but because we've shut that voice off for so long we don't actually engage with that and we don't actually listen to it and so the third one is over identifying with the emotion actually this may come out as potentially harsh that that's certainly not my intention but many women can actually find themselves to being so over identifying with their emotions that they're actually addicted to the suffering, the feel of that emotion. And so both number two and number three can set up a really unhealthy pattern of engaging with food. So food can become our coping mechanism. It's our go-to for soothing. Whenever we have an uncomfortable emotion arise, we'll reach for the food. And so what I often find in my clients is number two. So where they are completely unaware of their emotions. And so what I like to do with my clients is I help them track the patterns where they engage in emotional eating. And I help them identify that if it's the time of day, what kinds of foods, what cravings they're experiencing um, and the emotion that they're actually feeling behind that um, emotional eating, um, that's often the work that I do that helps really unpack that for them and gains beautiful self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible because it's such a, it's such a big thing to overcome as well. And it's so much deeper. And from a surface level, I feel like, you know, we're, we're looking at food and we're looking, yes, at relationships with food and those kinds of things, but you're going so much deeper and going to the core of, of what is what is actually going on here and what is the actual driver thing. And I chat a lot about, you know, in the work that I do and root cause and getting understanding why you've got IBS and why you've got, you know, hormonal issues and stuff. But then you also go in that next layer and you're like, okay, well, what's what's driving that from within as well? Like what's your perception of yourself and how's your environment and what's the environment in? And then, yeah, tracing back to those childhood experiences as well is just is just phenomenal and I think yeah overcoming things like those emotional eating is is so much 
bigger than the surface stuff and just removing the chocolate from out the house or, you know, those things that women go, oh, I'll just, it's just me or I've just got bad self-control or I just got sugar cravings, but it's, it's not really, there's deeper issues. No, that's right. There are, there are deeper issues. And just coming back to your question before your comment just prompted me to, to say this, you know, and this is definitely my journey as well. So often in life, women out of fear restrict so many foods, but what that actually does, that restriction actually sets off a binge eating cycle where you can restrict those foods because you're doing it out of fear all week long. And so, you know, you think to yourself, oh my goodness, I'm doing so well this week. Like I've counted my calories. I have eaten my healthy food. I am winning goals. I've been to the gym three times this week. And then Saturday comes along and you go to yourself, you know what? I've been so good this week. I am going to enjoy that piece of cake with my girlfriends Saturday morning when we go out for brunch. And what does that do? Because you had restricted yourself out of a place of fear all week long, that sets up a Saturday night. Mm, I'm going to eat that delicious dessert. And why don't I just have five or six drinks when I go out with the girlfriends? Who even cares? I'm going to have a bowl of chips too when I get home because I have cravings because I've been drinking all night. And then you wake up on Sunday morning feeling absolutely crap. And it's simply come out of the fact that you have been restricting food in your world out of fear Mm. and now the fear might be putting on weight um, skin issues it might be wanting to look good for your partner but the motivation has come out of fear now whenever we make a food choice that comes out of fear we set ourselves up for failure and that is why I'm so passionate about helping women shift their mindset into a place of engaging with food from a place of health and wellness and what serves and nourishes us rather than a place of restriction out of fear. Yeah, yeah, that's so, so powerful because you see that so commonly. And to for those who are on sort of restrictive diets, there's separation there that we really need to understand that one, there is, if you've got a SIBO, you've got a parasite, you've got a candida, or you've got some kind of overgrowth, exactly like what you did with your integrative GP and you went, this is what I need to do to heal my leaky gut. That's, you're so right, you're motivated and your driver is then not fear, it's of healing and this is what my body needs as opposed to, like you said, if you're just going, well, I'm scared of putting on weight or I'm scared of carbs or I'm scared that once I start, I won't be able to stop, mm-hmm. then you're right. It's, it puts a totally different spin. It's like exercising for strength as opposed to how many calories can I burn in this session because I want to go out later and drink or I want to lose weight. It's a totally different mindset. And that mindset shift is powerful. Mm-hmm. And that mindset shift can simply set you free. into a place where you no longer worry and stress about calories and food and binge eating and emotional eating, but it sets you free into a life of actually being able to enjoy food, enjoy times when you go out with your girlfriends because you're not afraid of feeling out of control. It prevents overeating. You know, I just been working with a client and she went from using food as her go-to and soothing place for everything in life and overeating to now completely feeling in control, happy with her food choices. Um, She's overcome emotional eating and she just feels so much happier within herself. And she has time to actually enjoy life because she's no longer worrying about food. 
Yeah. But then to get them to that point, like where do these women start? You know, like where do you start with stepping someone through that process or what kind of strategies or what do we put in place to get you from this real stuck fear-based picture to, you know, people like you and me and where you are today and you've got a healthy relationship with food. Like how do we bridge that gap? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's starting somewhere. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I am a big, I guess, um, champion of is our intuition and following our intuition in our health and wellness journey. You know, for me, it started off with having to heal my body, which meant a restrictive diet, like you said, to heal, right? And then I, when I started reintroducing foods, I started to perceive foods from a place of this food is going to nourish me. This food is going to serve me. It's going to make me feel amazing. And so it wasn't an issue of, is this food going to make me put on weight? It was an issue of, is this food making me feel good? And so it depends on your journey. You know, every journey is so different. And if you are struggling in this area and you like, no, I actually have a healthy body. I actually feel fine. It's more, I just, I have this food battle. I, I struggle with this inner turmoil, this inner conflict of, wanting to eat healthy and have healthy food choices and healthy habits and then binge eating on the weekend and drinking loads of wine, then getting professional help with someone like myself or someone else that you trust is really, really important. I think as individuals and as women, we all need professionals in our life. We need to find a team of people around us that can support us, encourage us and motivate us to reach our health goals. Because for me, my mantra is health is wealth. There's nothing better than feeling well and there's nothing better than feeling in control of your food choices and, and feeling healthy. Yeah, and I, like I think about what you said earlier about, you know, now you can walk and you can hike and you can do things and you can enjoy life, all these things that you used to, you know, when you're really tired and exhausted and stuff, but it comes down to building a range of healthy habits, right? So it's not mm-hmm. just your eating, it's like, you know, there, there's all these other lifestyle things we pull into place, like exercise, like social, like, you know, drinking enough water, like just those those habits that you implement into your life rather than just making a conscious healthy food choice going, I'm going to have some veggies and fruit as opposed to, you know, a processed um, meal at the freezer or something. Like it goes so much beyond that and building this, you know, space that you feel supported by your whole lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. Found uh, healthy eating habits is foundational. And I think one of the things that I I love to do in my work is to help women discover that they're worth the change, Mm. that they're valuable and that, you know, I liken it to, um, you know, there's two analogies, which one do I use? Um, Okay. I'll, I'll do this analogy. You know, for example, if you think about buying your favorite car, like Ferrari or Land Rover or, you know, Porsche or something like that, right? And whenever you drive that thing, you are meticulous with your driving and you tell your kids, no, you cannot eat in my car. Um, You keep that thing clean. You get it detailed every week. You wash it on the weekends. You cut and polish that thing because you spend so much money on this thing. It is so valuable to you that you ensure that you get it serviced regularly. You put in the right fuel. You're always making sure your oil is topped up because that car is so special to you. Mm. Well, how much more special and how much more worthy and valuable are we as women? 
And yet we treat ourselves with half the respect that we would treat a brand new car that we bought. And so it's discovering that our worth and our value comes from um, within and that we are beautiful, amazing, feminine, gorgeous women that deserve to have the best fuel put in, the best oil, deserve to take time and break and times of self-care to to nurture ourselves and love ourselves and you know every person will um i guess engage with this in in a in a in a place that's right for them and where they need to engage in um and i think every story is different but yeah can't remember what I was saying or what yeah. you were saying, but yeah, I think I've got my point across. I just got caught up in what you were saying as well. But <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It is because you're talking about, yeah, those lifestyle habits, but also acknowledging yourself and giving yourself the respect and also giving yourself that love and then being mm. able to say, actually, I deserve to eat well and I deserve to set up these habits and I, you know, deserve to have people around me or to spend money on my health as well, to see someone mm-hmm. who can, you know, enable me, go and see a health coach or see a naturopath or see an integrative GP or whoever it is because so often we put our health last like like you said like yes if you had an expensive car you're going to put money and time into maintaining it but so often we go well you know like it's just me or I'll do that for the kids or I would do that for my friends like I said that's a client's all the time would you treat your friend like that like how you know starting to acknowledge that we are just as important and valuable as everyone else that we love in our lives absolutely even more so you know and I'll say my second analogy (laughs) because it's a really good one I want you to imagine you have a hundred dollar note in your hand now let's scrunch that thing up spit on it twist it stamp on it let's really like treat it you know let's speak harsh words over it let's like abuse that thing right now after doing all that to that one hundred dollar note has it lost its value? No. Has it lost its price? No, it hasn't. And so regardless of what's gone in our life, regardless of who's spoken what over our life, regardless of who has treated us um, so poorly in our life, our value and our worth is intact. Yeah. It's immovable. It's irritable, unchangeable. And that's the place where we deserve to be healthy. We deserve to be wealthy. I mean, healthy and And wealthy. (laughs) Amen. And wealthy. (laughs) Exactly. But you know, like it's so hard to get to the point and there'd be so many women listening going, Oh, I, but I feel stuck. I feel like that scrunch up hundred dollar note and I don't know how to find my worth or I don't like, where, where do I start? How do I start now? You know, like what's something I can do or what, you know, what practical things do you give to your clients or women in your life? You go, just start here. And then move from there. You know, let's look at emotional eating. If you are someone that struggles with emotional eating, one of the most simple exercises that you can do um, throughout the day, particularly before you reach for the chocolate, right? Particularly before you reach for that tub of ice cream at the end of the day, is note if you're hungry or if you're eating out of an emotion. Yeah. And so if you're eating out of hunger, then you're empowered in that moment to actually go, I'm going to choose something that's going to nourish me and serve me rather than make me feel like rubbish. If it's an emotion, put your hand on your heart, 
close your eyes and ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? I feel bloody pissed off because so-and-so did this to me today at work and da 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 and the stress and the pressure and blah, 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 blah. Okay, breathe into that emotion and then go, okay, it's okay to feel that emotion. Mm. I give you grace. You've had a really hard day. I'm giving you, give yourself compassion. It's okay. You're an amazing worker. You have done so well. And respond to yourself with love and kindness. And then instead of reaching for the tub of ice cream, sit in that place of love, have a glass of water, get distracted by something. And most often, more than not, your craving will subside. Mm. Because often an emotional eating response is an immediate response. But if we simply allow ourselves and give ourselves space and time to actually feel what we're feeling, acknowledge that and respond with grace and love and compassion to ourselves in that moment, that is the foundation for overcoming emotional eating. Now, in my work, I go a whole lot deeper because, you know, emotional eating and comfort eating, all these things, it's, there's a lot of coping mechanisms and patterns and strategies that were formed in our life. Yeah. And that requires a lot of mentoring. Yeah. But that is a really simple tool that your listeners can take away before they reach for the chocolate, engage with how you're feeling and respond with love and grace. And then distract yourself with some water yeah. and more often than not, it will go. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing and very practical and very powerful. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's important. And to have, you know, things because obviously not everyone's always ready to jump straight in straight away to work with someone and they're like, I just need something I can do in the next, you know, couple of days or couple of weeks or whatever it is. Do you have much content on your, I know you do on your Instagram, on your website? Was there places where people can find more information about this stuff and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. They can head to my website. Um, my Facebook is my queen platform. So Facebook for me is more the time, the, the, the place where I really engage yeah. with my audience and the clients that I serve. Um, and so that's just under my name. Um, but yeah, I share a lot of what I do on my website and all of my posts and my lives are on, on Facebook. So, um, yeah, you can go and check that out. Amazing. Well, I'll link that all in the bio, but otherwise for people, it is Melina Gilbert. So M-E-L-I-N-A-G-I-L-B-E-R-T dot coach. (laughs) Um, So that's an Instagram or just a name on Facebook. So easy enough to find, but I'll link that in for you anyway. But thank you. That was awesome. That's so practical. And I love that there's the practicality behind it. There's the intuition. So it's something a little bit deeper. And then there's also your passion and your journey and when you kind of combine the three of those you end up with something quite powerful because you can connect with people on a deeper level because you've been there and you can honestly say to them I understand I hear you and I feel you and I understand and here's how I'm going to help you or here's how we're going to walk through this together which I think is as you know as a practitioner like yourself it is one of the most powerful tools for someone to go oh you're 
you hear me rather than just, oh, you're that girl who's just eaten too much or smacking a sugar or whatever you're doing. Like there's that deeper story. And I just love that. Yeah. You're so passionate about that. Oh, thanks, Sheridan. That's been so fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely loved it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'll link all the stuff in for you. Um, But yes, everyone, please go give her a follow and a like and a listen. Um, Jump onto her website, have a look around. And yes, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.